joined today by one of the greatest, best-selling, best-known relationship authors of all time, John Gray. He is the man behind the iconic Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus franchise. And we are filming this episode of Health Hackers behind the scenes at the Health Optimization Summit in London, the first of its kind in the UK. John is going to be delivering a keynote speech shortly, but he's very kindly agreed to have a chat with us before he goes on stage. John, I want to make the most of my time with you before you get taken away. Um, how many years now has it been uh, where you have been advising couples on how to have better relationships? Uh, 40 years. 40 years. And when you look back at the the first book, the first Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus book in the 90s. Do you think that advice, that relationship advice, still holds true today? Uh, it holds true as a solution, but the problem has changed. So there's more to the story. Women, when they become more masculine, they produce more masculine hormones, their needs are different from men. They need a greater support, a new kind of support that will bring them back to their female side. So I have to explain to women why they need to come back to their female side. Uh, in the traditional book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, women were pretty much on their female side and wanted to be happier. Now I have to convince women that what you're on your male side, which is good, the potential is to be a whole person on the male side, but how to come back to your female side is some new techniques in terms of how to communicate to your partner, how to support you in that. Because that's the key to it, is that women are happier when they have the right balance of estrogen and progesterone and throwing in testosterone to the mix, too much testosterone inhibits the production of female hormones. So women today tend to feel overwhelmed and stressed and they can't have the ability to fully love and appreciate their partners. Men on the other hand, when women are too far on their male side, men instinctively that we polarize and they become lazy, they become irritable, they become overly emotional and needy, dissatisfied, and they lose their libido and interest in you because they're too far on their female side, their testosterone levels drop. So we're seeing a huge crisis of lower testosterone levels in men. Addiction is one of the symptoms of that. Addiction to porn is another big one which destroys their ability to actually be, to stay turned on to a real woman. Oh, because they just get so used to watching porn. Well, that's sort of the surface way of saying it. There's actually a whole biology that happens is that when you have sex with a fantasy, your, your brain produces, for a variety of reasons, way more dopamine, like taking cocaine. And when you take a high dopamine stimulation, your body loses its ability to be, experience pleasure from normal dopamine stimulation. Because when I make love to my wife, Love produces a huge amount of estrogen that keeps my testosterone levels from skyrocketing, which keeps my dopamine levels from skyrocketing, which would then cause an addiction to that high release. Uh, even for men, ejaculating more than once a week will cause you to, over time, have lower testosterone. Ideally, you can be Superman uh, and have way more energy and learn how to have sex without ejaculating which is you know, one of the things I teach as well, which is you know, I'm 68 and extremely uh, high testosterone, more than when I was a young guy, because ejaculation just depletes your body of nutrients and minerals and so forth, and energetically you lose a lot as well. If you're making love to your wife, you are replenished back, but you can make love without ejaculating every time, and you can learn to be orgasmic, multi-orgasmic for both women and men, and that's the real secret of fulfilling our new generation. The new generation wants passion. And to keep passion alive, 
you've got to got to have a whole new system of communicating to help women come back to their female side helping and that helps men come back to their male side boost their hormones so they have stronger attraction to each other and then sustaining good sexual skills can maintain that attraction okay <clears throat> so to clarify <laughs> for men and women to have great relationships Women have got to be on their female side the majority of the time. No, 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 no. no? It's a balance. It's, it's like the yin and the yang. Enlightenment uh, is, you know, my whole life has really been dedicated to enlightenment. I was a yogi, uh, celibate monk for nine years, you know, where I achieved beautiful experiences. But then they'd be able to maintain that while you're having children and a family and making money and dealing with all the stresses. That's the next level up. You know, one is, you know, freedom from all this. And then you bring the light into the, to the darkness and you change the world. That's the real journey for enlightenment, to create an enlightened world through service and love and all that. And sex is a big part of that. And uh, through sex, you'll see in all the ancient you know, Tibetan paintings, you always see the gods are having sex, okay? It's, it's, it's the union of the masculine and feminine is enlightenment. It's genius. Anybody who has genius, that's the divine flowing through. Genius is when in that moment you're a blend of your masculine and feminine. Today, we have the potential of that. Women are way over in their masculine. They just now have to learn how to be in their feminine as well at the same time. What does a woman who's too far into her masculine, what, what, how does that manifest? Is she uh, okay, stressed? That, yes. Anytime so, you're in cortisol land, that's a stress hormone, your testosterone levels are going up and you're not making estrogen or progesterone. So stress, which we see as a part of our life today, is actually a symptom of behaviors that don't stimulate the right hormones because when women feel too independent that means you're out there and you just don't feel supported okay mm -hmm. when you feel you're doing it all yourself actually your testosterone goes up your estrogen goes down it feels good that's the trap is being independent is freedom mm -hmm. our soul wants freedom but also our soul wants connection okay interdependence you know we're all one we're all dependent on each other and yet we want to be free even for the guys out there, you know, when you learn how to have sex, ecstatic sex, as long as you want, and multi-orgasmic partner, and you're orgasming, you know, every day you can have sex, you desire it, you don't lose interest. That, that is, is the blending of the masculine and feminine side of men. That's our potential if we learn how to have loving, nurturing relationships that support women in going to their female side and their male and he can be on his female side, which is all that orgasmic energy and love and tenderness, but also have a, the strength of his masculine side and to be able to sustain, last longer is a big issue for men today. But he needs to stop watching porn. Oh, porn will keep you from, porn over time sensitizes you so you wanna come fast, come fast, come fast. There's no way a woman can get the young energy what she needs to really go to her female side. But, Prior to that, there's like a, a structure here. She needs to feel good communication, and then she needs to feel this romantic affection, and then she needs to feel that she has a partner and help, gets help when she needs it. Those are like three factors, and they have to be in that order. If you're an unhappy woman and you ask your husband to make dinner and he's not used to making dinner, he never saw his father do it, he's not gonna, he's gonna grumble, okay? Just not gonna happen, generally speaking. He, the more women on their male side, the less energy men have for change and expression. Uh, they need to have that boost that you go to your partner to get the boost she goes to me to get the boost 
So women have got to stop doing everything yeah, because that's just pushing their testosterone up and they're moving too much onto their male side. And instead they need to come back into balance by letting a guy do more. Letting a guy do more. Oh, now how, do you get that's, a, that's, how do you get a guy to do more? Oh, read my book, Beyond Mars and Venus. Absolutely. You know, that's a, a 400 page book and there's all it's done is filled with the understanding of why everything I suggest as a technique is the opposite of what you do and doesn't feel natural, doesn't feel normal to you. What feels natural, if you're falling off of a, let's say you're on a tightrope and you're walking a tightrope, you have to go back and forth like this. It's, if you start to fall, it's very natural to fall. Once you're out, you get to a tipping point where then the only thing to do is to go that way and that's mm -hmm. the freedom to keep going that way. It's like eating one chocolate chip cookie. Suddenly you're going out of balance. Your blood sugar's out of balance. Now what's gonna happen is you're gonna want another one and another one and another one and another one. So we get addicted to doing the wrong things. Unless somebody points out to us, that's the wrong thing. And that's why you're getting the, the re result you want here. Now, when I say wrong, I don't mean you have to follow my advice. If you can, a woman, you wanna you know, be on your male side and you're happy and fulfilled, I, great, you know, no problem there. I'm only addressing people that wanna experience passion, love, harmony in their relationships and they're not experiencing that and they have no sense of blame the opposite sex. If you're blaming the opposite sex, you don't know how to look. You just don't know how to get what you need from the opposite sex. It's never the opposite sex. It's always how we're treating the opposite sex that gets the results we're producing. I see, and without, without buying the book, but people will probably buy the book, but even if they didn't, is there a little insight you could give women for how to get the best out of their men? Okay, we're talking to women here. Now keep in mind, when I talk to women, it's what you have to do to change, right? Okay. Uh, if I talk to men, what well, you have to do to change. You've asked the questions, because I'm not biased here about women have to do the changing. It takes both sides, but if one side wants to change, they have the power to bring out the best in the other person. Step one, notice everything you do, everything you think, every attitude reaction that you have that is your attempt to change your partner. Okay. Stop. That could be looking him, giving him a look, that could be withholding, that could be upsetting, that could, the common thing is complaining asking for more and when he's not listening, asking him to talk when he doesn't want to talk, a variety of things. Okay, whatever you do to change a man, it's not working. That's why he's not changing, is because you're trying to change him. So notice that, realize that doesn't work, and that's all automatic. That's your automatic behavior. You learn from your parents, they learn from theirs, they learn from their ancient ancestor monkeys, you know, eye for an eye. Okay, so that doesn't work. Second step, understand if you're a woman, you need to stop doing those things. Well, what can you do to be happy? Be happy without depending on him to change. What that would mean is doing, balancing your independent lifestyle, making money, being more independent, being more assertive, having your freedom. We all want the freedom. And that's gonna produce male hormones. Balance that each day by doing certain things that will increase estrogen or progesterone. Progesterone is produced when you're not depending on somebody, you're doing what you'd like to do, what you want. It's all about you taking what you want and other people taking what they want, like playing cards, making a meal together, going for a walk. It's not something you have to do, it's something you enjoy doing. It's not an obligation, you're not serving anybody, you're serving yourself. That's progesterone stimulating. Then there's something called pair bonding. Pair bonding is when you're depending on someone. That's what you look at to your man, okay? So you depend on him, what can you depend on him for? So that step one, how do you go, that helps you come back to your female side. Talk, talk more, be authentic, but do it in a way where he'll listen. So what does that mean? You say to him after he's taken his cave time, read Men Are From Mars for cave time, men need to have their time where they're not making estrogen, which is when they're not connecting with you. Anytime I try to connect with you, I'm producing estrogen. 
So I need to like disconnect to rebuild my testosterone after a stressful day. So what you do is he's taking his cave time. You don't take it personally if he doesn't want to talk to you. He just wants to hang out and he's ignoring you. That's what he needs to do. It's not about you, it's what he needs to do. So the next step is you say, why is he in his cave? You say, hey honey, when, you're, you know, when you have time, I really need your help. The last thing modern women want to say is I need your help. And you do it in a nice friendly way. I need your help. And he goes, oh, okay, what is it? He says, oh, I'll, I'll tell you later. And it's always the same thing in the beginning, the step one. Everything goes in an order. Come back to your female side by sharing how you feel, but not about him. Share all these feelings. I'm frustrated about this. I'm disappointed about this. I'm concerned about this. And as soon as you say anything that's upsetting you, he's going to want to interrupt and explain to you why you don't need to be upset. So you already know he's going to do that. So you say, I just want to talk about my feelings because then you'll know what I go through during the day. And don't say anything. Just listen. Don't speak. I prefer you say nothing. Just listen because I, I miss you. I want to be close to you. And I, I have this whole world over here. And I, I, and I know that when you know what I'm going through, suddenly I start feeling better and all my problems go away. You have the power. See, you're giving the man, building him up. I just, I need your help and you don't have to do anything. What a great job for a guy. But he listens, he'll keep in the beginning trying to interrupt. You basically say, oh no, no, you don't say anything. I'm, I know it seems like I'm, I'm filled with all these upset feelings, but they'll go away after I talk about them. He'll think, how could that be? But you do it and after about eight minutes, then you talk about things that you're really happy about. And he says, thanks for listening. I feel so much better. He'll want that job after a while. If he gets, it's like a big reward. So that's step one, improved communication brings you back to your female side, that's with him. A lot of things you can do on your own after you have ovulation to your period needs to be less dependent on him, more dependent on yourself for your happiness. Then have you have ovulation, then you have your period. After your period up to ovulation, that's where your body needs more estrogen. That's where you need more romance, that's where you need this communication, that's where you need him to help you come back to your female. Now, why do you need him? Because ultimately, there are ways to increase feminine energy without a man. But what you want is to get to this ecstatic level where you have multi-orgasms, where you love sex, where you, the sex is making love. You see, because what happens is you love someone, it's a high frequency. You go into a world every day where people with low frequency, they're not loving. Your energy starts resonating with them. It goes down. We start getting tired. We lose touch with the power inside of us to have energy, to be happy, to make love. All that goes away. We say we're too tired. It's because we're not using sex and the relationship to increase the love. There's even people have written books on love is not a feeling. Are you kidding? Love is an overwhelming emotion and it's a feeling. They say, oh, it's just a behavior. Yes, there's loving behaviors without a doubt, but you're not gonna do them. You don't have the energy to do them unless you feel the love. And love is something you have to create, you make. And how do we make love? Sex, that's, that sex is making love. And it's a whole sex education, which I cannot give in 20 minutes, you know, but it's, mm. it's a, couples need to have that. We started with good communication. Next is, is romance and how to create romance in a short little video is who wants the romance? We're talking about what women can do. Remember not, if you're asking me what men should do, I'll talk to men. This is what women can do. So see, romance is a feeling that somebody cares about you, you're special, they wanna do things for you. So it's not about her doing things for him. It's about him doing things for her. He doesn't know what to do. You think he would, but he doesn't. If he's not doing it, he doesn't know. Or he doesn't know the good reward that comes from it, which is your happiness. So, so women unknowingly, I mean, there's so many things women unknowingly do. Let's say he takes you to a restaurant and the food's not that good. You start complaining about the food, saying, you know, it's too expensive here. 
you think you're doing something noble and wonderful saying, you know, we wasted money, we shouldn't waste money on this. But from his point of view, he owns that restaurant, he's the chef, you don't like his food, he shuts down, he thinks, oh, nothing I do makes her happy. Next time she says, let's do something, he says, what do you want to do? He gives up that feeling of initiative. He loses it because he seems like he fails every time. There's nothing to make you happy. When he says, what do you want to do? Should the woman just say, surprise me? No, no, say, no, that's where I want to do this. That what she should never say either of those two things. What you do is he generally, if he says that, he'll stop saying it after a while. But what you do is you as the woman are the one who requires the romance. You have to take the initiative to set up the setting where he can then be the initiator and provide romance. So what that means is you say to him a week in advance, you say, oh, I was just looking in the paper. I saw this thing here and and I thought maybe we could do that, or I saw this thing over here, something we could do next weekend, or I saw this thing. You give him three things that would make you happy. Any of them would make you happy. And you say, you know, would you pick one and plan it? And then he's got a job to do and to he knows make he's you gonna, happy. And he knows you're gonna be successful at it. And no matter what happens, you're happy. Because you've already said all three said of my favorites. Good, uh, okay. so, and so he's insured of success. If, if you don't set it up, but if you say, I want you to do this, then he's not providing romance. He's like just following orders. So if my wife says, I want you to take me to this movie, and I take her to the movie, and it's a great movie, everybody says, oh, who told you about the movie? She says, I told. You know, she gets credit for it. Men always want credit. That's a testosterone booster, which men need more than women need. So she sets it up so he can pick. He says, oh, John picked it, you know? And so then he, he gets credit. Um, last time I met you, John, uh, I interviewed you for a TV show, and we discussed modern technology and this world of dating online, using apps, and you made some really interesting points about how I guess kind of disposable it's becoming, like swiping through people, and how that can affect our romantic lives negatively. Oh, yeah. Will, can, you, will you enlighten us a bit more on that, okay. how it can be a bad thing? One of my favorite quotes that I did not come up with is, comparison is the thief of happiness. And we're just, we're watching social media all the time. Everybody's posing for pictures. You know, couples can hate each other. Families can be at war with each other. We're gonna take a picture. We're all so happy and everybody's on vacation. It just seems like the whole world is so happy and you're not. So I would turn it off, okay? <laughs> I would come back to real relationships. Occasionally you can stay in touch with some friends that you actually have. A friend is somebody when you're moving, they come and help you. That's a real friend. Okay, so maybe you have a few more superficial ones, but you know, thousands of friends is not friends. Electronic stimulation produces more dopamine in the brain than human interaction. See, we're talking, I'm looking in your eyes, I'm connecting with your soul, actually. That's a very serotonin-producing experience. You just smiled at me, that produces oxytocin and a little testosterone. These are all like normal human interactions. If I'm with someone which is fantasy, which is not real, it stimulates primarily just dopamine. So it's like a cocaine hit. No human being can ever compare to that. What happens is the brain adapts to high stimulation by lowering its sensitivity to dopamine. So normal dopamine experiences are not pleasurable. So if I was really addicted to porn, say, or to fantasy, and that made me really excited, oh, look at that, and oh, look at that, then being with you could quickly become tiring or boring or distracting. And that's what we often call ADHD. It's really our whole society today, which is we want things right away. If we don't get it right away, we're bored new and different instant gratification is a big dopamine stimulator 
So due to all this electronic stimulation, I'm not against it, we just have to be moderate about it, just like eating cookies. You know, I, <laughs> one day I was hungry, I went to the store, I bought like every single cookie there was brought to my house, and then next day I threw it out. I realized it was kind of like when I was a younger person giving up smoking, you know, you give up smoking, you go buy a pack and you smoke a cigarette, you feel guilty, you throw away the pack and go buy another one. You know, I've been off sugar for years, and suddenly, you know, in my own personal life, uh, my wife died. It was a tragedy. I've been, I've been grieving for the last year, and so I'm a bit out of balance, you know. And uh, so for that, so after three days, I just threw out a whole big trash can of all these graham crackers and cookies and all this. I get rid of it because it just spikes blood sugar. But once you get into that hook, it's addictive. And then normal broccoli doesn't taste as good. Normal relationships are not as fulfilling when you're dependent upon this high stimulation. And you know, I know if there's any men listening that this is so, so important that you practice ejaculation retention. You don't masturbate. And if you do masturbate, make sure it's not the fantasy and make sure it's only once a week. As we've seen now in the research on athletes that if a man doesn't ejaculate but once a week, on the seventh day his testosterone levels will double and he gets high testosterone again. We are having a crisis of low testosterone in males. And a lot of that has to do with women being more independent. Uh, then there's no built-in, oh, women need me. You know, I've got a job to do. Well, if your wife makes money, you don't have to work as hard. At least that's the perception of it. And then she comes home and she's overwhelmed with too much to do. She's on her male side. He wants to connect with her. He actually becomes more on his female side and the opposites come together and that makes him lazy, irritable, angry. What, what we don't realize is that anger, for example, is not too much testosterone, it's too much estrogen. You can only be angry if your estrogen levels are spiking. It's when men don't know what to do, their testosterone literally turns into estrogen and they get emotional, they get argumentative, they get defensive, all the negative behaviors that men have is all generally equated to low testosterone levels. And it's not taking testosterone that's the answer. Actually taking testosterone, when guys take it, it turns into estrogen and they get road rage. You know, so you know, this is all from taking testosterone, but the rage doesn't come, it comes from testosterone turning into estrogen because the body says it's too much. So the solution isn't taking the hormones, it's in making the hormones. And here I'm at a health conference, is a big part of for men with their testosterone is how they have sex, that's very important, which I just mentioned a little bit about and go online, just search uh, semen retention and learn about it. There's now thousands of people I've been talking about for 30 years, but it's finally happening. Because for me, as a young man, after I was very sexually active as a teenager, I became a celibate monk and I had semen retention for nine years, no, no release. And it gave me all these spiritual experiences. You know, I'm a master meditator because of that. Not that everybody wants to be a master meditator or something, but that's something, a skill that I developed through that. You have more mental power. You know, I've written 26 books. I write them in a month. You know, I just sit down and write for 18 hours. This is, gives you focus, gives you energy. It's, semen is like the juice for men. Women don't have to retain it. You know, for women, happiness and orgasm is the juice for them. But for men, learning how to have orgasm, provide orgasm for her without losing your semen, uh, except occasionally. You know, if you just want to be a great man, if you want to be Superman, you learn to never ejaculate. That's a, people, you know, in China, they've been talking about this for thousands of years, and the men that actually can do this live for a long, long time. But then they never get that release then. Oh, it's way more, more of a release. Ejaculation is just an addiction. Really? It, yeah, it, it, it's, it's like a, 
when, when you ejaculate, it's like massive dopamine, okay? That's why the brain gets addicted to that hit, and now it wants to get it faster and faster, just like one cookie now. If it one potato chip, you want another one, you want another one. So men can't last long. You know, Superman goes for as long as you've got time on Saturday morning, you know, or, or every day, basically. You have more energy, so you wake up earlier, or you have the energy at night, and you at least half an hour, an hour of intercourse, you know, and she's multi-orgasmic. The Taoists talk about nine levels of orgasm, you know, and you can read online, you can see there's the, you know, the clitoris and then the nipples and then the tongue, all these things, a little orgasm, the breathing, the first thing is being orgasmic, just naturally feeling the breath that automatically happens. Then you take all these classes on enlightened sex, tantra and all that, and they say practice breathing. You don't practice breathing. If you're aroused, you naturally have this automatic breath and you just be aware of it, enjoy it, that's the arousal. Then you let yourself move on to the next level of stimulation, next level, then you get into the vagina. So many women are all dependent on clitoral stimulation. The vagina's got good six different orgasms in there. And you've got the G spot, you've got the E spot, and I'm not gonna describe what they all are. You've got the, what is it, my favorite there? It's the uh, Your favorite. C, C spot, C oh. spot, cervix. Cervix will come down to tap the top of the penis if she's had many orgasms before that. And then it's like, and then you, there's the rim around the vagina. There's all these spots that as more blood flows become orgasmic for the woman and she moves from one to another. This is back in thousands of years ago, people didn't have TV, social media. They just, what do they do at night? They all had sex, you know? And so you learn and you talk about what makes you feel good and what's this, you know, you're, woman will say at certain points, oh, that, what are you doing now? That's really good. Oh, how are you doing that? That's, remember that, you know. So would you advise couples to just have a play? Because I, I mean, I imagine a lot of this knowledge isn't well known amongst couples. Definitely not. Well, we have no sex education. So maybe, would you advise people are just a little bit more playful and just no, try I'd advise stuff them to out? read books together. There's lots of books on sex together. And just that when you read a book together, you could start if you like my stuff. I wrote a book back in the 90s called Mars, Venus in the Bedroom. It's an easy book for couples to read together, which then people were, were kind of shy about saying what we like and want in sex because it's so vulnerable. We don't want to be corrected. We don't want to be rejected and, and certainly wanna, don't want to ask for too much. So we, we get shy about that. So when you're reading about something, you go, ooh, ooh, that sounds good. Ooh, you know, you make little comments about it and then you just loosen up to where you're right in the middle of sex. A woman can say, whoa, what are you doing now? That's great. Oh, I like that. It's like conversation. You can have that, but it takes a while to become comfortable with the whole thing. Do you think sex is the most important thing in a relationship? I think love is. I only have sex to generate love. I wouldn't have sex with just anybody. I would, I, only my wife, and now my wife has passed, and so I, I, I do have a partner. Uh, after a year, I found someone, so I can now once again practice making love. You know, mm -hmm. grieving also makes love, okay? So it's just, it's an amazing process of recounting everything in your life together. 34 years, I'll write a book on grieving. I mean, I've lost my, my mother, uh, my, my father was found dead in the trunk of his car when I was on my honeymoon. My brother committed suicide due to bipolar. My sister died of Alzheimer's when she was just 60. Uh, one brother died of a heart attack. Another brother died of uh, long cancer. Uh, you know, I've, I've been through a lot of grieving in my life. I'm very good at it and I know the process. And before I married Bonnie 35 years ago, uh, I was married to somebody else. I taught seminars on relationship with her and then she fell in love with somebody else. So I was heartbroken in my marriage 
And I couldn't work because I could teach my class called Making Love Work when my wife just fell in love with somebody else. So I felt devastated. Oh, that was a big, big grief because I couldn't work and I didn't feel loved. I kind of a double whammy for the male-female side of me. So I understand the grieving process and how you can grow tremendously through it. Just as I understand meditation, how you can grow through that. Also being in touch with feelings, learning how to process feelings always opens you up to more of who you are. Uh, after you know processing for about a year, I processed my, my first marriage ending. Uh, that brought up all these feelings from childhood that I could process. And up to that point, always before a talk, I felt huge anxiety, you know, butterflies, uncomfortableness. Uh, I did it anyway, but I feel like, why do I have to suffer this way? You just have to do it. People say, oh, you're a creative person, you get bu butterflies. After I did all that healing of my childhood, uh, from that particular healing of my childhood, anxiety went away. I haven't felt anxiety since I was 29 years old. And yet, earlier than that, if I got in front of an audience, I felt huge anxiety. But it's feeling, I, I'm lovable, you know, I'm safe to be me. I don't have to be a perfect person. If I'm not perfect, I'm still okay. There's plenty of people that love me. And ironically, there's plenty of people that don't love me. <laughs> I always thought I'm such a nice guy. Why would anybody not like me? Well, they've written books against me now, you know, just, so it's just how it goes. Um, you can't please everybody. You can try in a nice way, but you know you can't. That's okay. John, it's been fascinating speaking to you. And um, John touched there on his past. There's a lot more about him on his website. What's your website address? Oh, MarsVenus.com. And also on the website, his daughter Lauren gives out great relationship advice Great too. advice. Yeah, more people watch her stuff than my stuff. Um, and where can people follow you on social media? Uh, I, I have a website. Um, You've got, I think you're uh, on no, Twitter. I, I, I'm on I think he's at Mars Venus. I have somebody who does it, okay? Yeah. So if you're writing me notes, I don't really see them, but uh, we do provide information and free vid videos and so forth on Facebook. John has people that. who can manage stuff for him, but yeah, I yeah. will leave links to his social media accounts okay, under thanks. this video. And if you're listening to the podcast, check out healthhackers.uk and there'll be more information there. John, thank you once again. Oh, You've been amazing. You. Thank you. And uh, Health Hackers, see you next time. Bye-bye. YouTube viewers, I really appreciate you watching that video. It would be wonderful if you hit the red subscribe button. It costs you nothing and it means that you'll get notified whenever I post a Health Hackers video. You can follow me on social media too. Handles right beneath me. I love hearing from you. Bye-bye.